Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Auburn Express. Powered by The War Report. All aboard the AM departure from Platform 334, The Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of the Auburn Express podcast, powered by the War Report. It's Thursday, as always. Joining me is my guy, Auburn Beans, my girl, Brandy Mack. Guys, let's jump right in here. Wendell Green Jr. has decided to exit stage left from Auburn basketball. He is going pro. Uh, now, uh, there are a lot of feelings about this, and uh, he made a statement, guys. He made a statement he made a statement on Twitter about, you know, his leaving. And I want to read this statement out loud for those people who are watching. Uh, it was a thank you. Now, for those of you who don't know, the player usually puts out a graphic. It's all on a template, so they all look the same. Uh, he says, thank you. It has been a great honor to play for Auburn University for the past few seasons. Thank you to the coaching staff, the training staff for your guidance, advice, and leadership. I would also like to thank my teammates and everyone who has played a role in helping me get to where I am today. I would like to announce that I will be starting my professional career and declaring for the 2023 NBA draft. Wendell Green Jr. signed. Guys, let's let's get into this, man. Um, Bruce Pearl followed up uh, posting about Wendell, and you know he said some nice things. He said, one of the hardest working, most competitive players I've coached. Wendell led Auburn to back-to-back NCAA tournaments and the 2022 SEC championship. Uh, Wendell Green Sr. responded to that with an LOL. This is kind of a curious decision, uh, I think, by Wendell to go pro. Um, there's some speculation. Uh, there was speculation about whether he was unhappy or not, he kind of posted some stuff to Instagram with like the deuces. You know, you know, what do we think? What are our initial reactions to him just deciding to leave? You know, like how do we feel about the decision to go pro? Is this the right decision for him? Yeah, I think he just has to take into account like what's best for him. And I'll just be very blunt here. I know he said he was declaring for the NBA draft. He's not getting drafted um, by the NBA. So, um, I think like when making that decision, he knows what his options are. I think he knows very well what I just said as well. Um, he probably will be able to play in the summer league. They usually let rookies who don't get drafted play in the summer league. Um, 
too. So maybe he's hoping that he'll have a really great performance there and by some kind of miracle get signed to a team on maybe a two-way contract. But um, I think he's probably felt like he lived his time out at Auburn and it was time to go. And if that's what he felt was the best decision for him, you kind of have to support that. Um, and things are just weird, you know, with people having extra COVID years and eligibility and people are a little bit older than they used to be in, in college sports. So, you know, I, I respect the decision for him to go pro. And I think he probably made the right decision for himself. I just, I'm not sure if there was much left for him at Auburn. Mm, memes, I'll weigh in here. Uh, is this the right decision? And, you know, listen, man, was this his decision even? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad Brandy mentioned the thing about the COVID year because that definitely has been making roster management really strange lately across all sports. And it definitely isn't easy for coaches. It's definitely not easy for players because when you think it's going to be your time, you might have a guy be taking another year and it's like, oh, that was supposed to be my time to shine now. And here you are doing doing a another victory lap. But was it his decision? Was it the right move? I, I, I don't know if it was the right move or not. I mean, I think I, I kind of go back and forth debating like what could have gone on minus the behind the scenes stuff. So we don't know what was going on behind the scenes with him, with the chemistry and the players, with the coaches all like I'm, I'm taking that out of it. Cause that could play okay. a huge factor in that. We don't know that whole deal, but let's okay. just say like what was on the court. I mean, I think you got a fair argument both ways, but I, I think most people feel like he kind of hit his ceiling at Auburn and his ceiling wasn't bad. I mean, he could have ironed out some inconsistencies, but overall, like I'm just going to say it right now, people who are thinking Wendell was a bad player, completely wrong. And I think there's a lot of aspects to his game. People are going to miss next year because there's a lot of things. I think Bruce Pearl has done such a good job, almost to Auburn's detriment of raising this, raising the floor of this program so high to where, a player like Wynn is just like almost taken for granted. And right. that is a huge testament to where the program is right now. But it like, I think it's people, people's memory is way too short right now. That's all I'm going to say. But as far as him in that decision, I think he's doing what's best for him. I don't know who all he's got in his ear, making him say, making him think that. And there's probably some more factors that went into this. I think we're going to be talking about here in a second. So I don't want to, I don't want to unveil a, all my, I don't want to uncover all my eggs right out of the gate. I have some questions about it, but I think he is doing what he thinks is best for him, and that's that's what he's going to do. And I don't know. I, I just, it, 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 as you mentioned, it's puzzling that there's either not a transfer situation here, there's not a, I'm going to enter the draft, but keep my eligibility. You've seen a lot of people to post these graphics say that it's a pretty much like. I'm out and I'm out, which to me either says he thinks he's reached the ceiling, he's as good as he's going to get as a college player, or maybe he's had folks tell him that. And it's just, you got nothing, you're not going to get any better, so why not go ahead and make the leap now, whether it be in the NBA, the G League, overseas, wherever. He has got a talent at, enough talent to, at some level, make money playing basketball professionally. And at that point, you can't really blame him. Memes, did the fans drive Wendell away? Do the fans play a role in this? Is the fan criticism play a role at all? Uh, I mean, it's gonna. He didn't. He didn't state the fans in his goodbye statement, which is very I mean, common for a lot of these players. I like to thank the fans. He didn't thank the fans. Well, let's be real. We've seen a lot of stuff, even stuff he's posted, and some other players have posted that definitely hinted at that, like 
they're feeling and maybe not necessarily appreciating the heat from the fans. And let's be honest, like point guard, that's the quarterback of basketball. The guy's got the ball every time he's on the court. And that is going to be the person that gets the most love and in contrast that the most hate. I think Wendell's been an easy guy to pick on for a lot of reasons. We'll probably get in that a little bit later, but I don't think a lot of that is fair. And I mean, I think there are some things that are definitely valid criticisms, but I think he's gotten hit with a lot more unfair criticisms than just the ones that are fair. So is he feeling the hate? Yeah. Is that a factor? Is it an ultimate factor? I don't know. I mean, maybe he could have been the most adored or most hated player and he still would have come to this decision or him, the coaches and everybody. But to say it's a non-factor at all would just be like assuming Wendell lives under a rock and his family lives under a rock and they just don't see any of that. Like they definitely felt that he coming on and I don't, it's Wendell Green's a person. Dude loves Auburn. He played for Auburn. He gave it his all. And like, you know, he deserves, uh, I think he deserves a little bit better than uh, some of the, some of the hate he was getting. And there was a lot of frustration for this basketball teams at moment. And I think he was just kind of a scapegoat for a lot of that. And, you know, he, like I said, I'm not going to say it was a, I'm not going to say that was the 100% why he left, but I'm sure he felt it. And that's got to be a pretty crappy feeling when there's a school that you love playing uh, for and you got that. Brandy, did he get any more than he would have gotten anywhere else under the circumstances? Uh, that was exactly as what I was about to say. If he thinks Auburn fans are, are tough, you know, he should see what I see online from Kentucky fans about their players and Duke fans about their players, that kind of thing. I mean, when you're in a position like this, albeit these are young adults, at the end of the day, though, your goal is to go pro and play basketball on the pros, and pro fans are a lot worse, actually, than than college fans. And you have to learn to grow some really thick skin. And if you can't grow thick skin and, and understand and know who you are as a person and who you are as a player, regardless of the outside noise, then at the end of the day, like you have to take a look in the mirror too. Not all that to say though, I do agree meet with memes and the fact that he did receive a lot of unfair criticism, especially this season, um, considering kind of the roster management and roster structure kind of issues that we saw happen throughout the season. So I think a lot of the um, kind of, I guess, not great play kind of fell on him. And I don't know if it necessarily should have. It was right, crazy because, well, Oh, hold on, let me get this in here. It was crazy because there'd be some games where, like, Auburn, you know, let's say there's one of those games where Auburn's in that, you know, eight to 10 minute spell and everybody's bricking shots. Like, everybody's just playing like absolute ass. And always see people tweeting, they're like, why is Wendell Green in the game? Like, yeah, I ain't just Wendell out there sucking right now. Like, this is a whole team effort. Right. Just right. a bad, bad play. But for whatever reason, it was just like all eyes on win. Like, why is he taking, like, he can't drive to the rim. He's too short. It's like, everybody out here is equally struggling. But for whatever reason, y'all just like tweeting at him right now. Well, that's where I was going. I was going to say like Auburn had a lot of deficiencies that not named Wendell Green. <laughs> yeah, There were a lot of things going mm-hmm. on with this team. They need shooting badly. Uh, and that's kind of where I want to take this discussion next, right? Like, you know, they had to go out. They got to bring in some guys. They had to bring in some guys. And how much are the guys coming in Having have, how much do those guys have to do with his decision maybe to leave because of a possibly reduced role or no, no guarantee of the same role year over year, you know, with the talent that uh, Auburn's bringing in. We know Aiden Holloway's coming in. Before we started recording, Brandon, you mentioned somebody else is definitely signing with Auburn. 
Oh, um, it's, um, well, uh, definitely is loose. Okay, all right. <laughs> but it's people are very much so under the impression that Denver Jones, the FIU okay. transfer, is going to come to Auburn. Okay. He has an official visit um, here in a couple of days um, during A Day this weekend. So, fingers crossed, we get a commitment after he visits. Um, things are indicating that he will come to Auburn, but I don't want to jinx anything, and I don't know. This, things change all the time with these kids. For so. sure. Uh, a, a random thought here while I have it on my brain. Um, what is it possible there just wasn't enough NIL money for him to stay? So, oh, yeah. So that was the next, that was one of my little eggs I was going to talk about. Okay. Brady, go ahead, though. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. Uh, I, I, was, I was just going to say, like, one more thing whenever you talked about potentially like having a reduced role. I think whenever, at least when I think of guys who are competitors out there and if they're getting told, hey, I don't know what you're, what this is going to look like next year in the year in the age of the transfer portal, which you guys know started in 2018. Um, and with COVID years still happening, I don't know what your role is going to look like. Obviously we need some more production. Um, that's when I want a player to kind of say, okay, I know the kind of player that I am. I know what I'm capable of. I know where my deficiencies are and what I need to improve on in the off season. I'm going to make sure like I'm, essentially like QB one on the basketball team. Like that's what I want to see from guys. So if that is what happened, not saying it is what he was told at all, but if that is the case, then, you know, best of luck. I want somebody who's going to go out there and be a competitor every single day in practice and every single day on the court. When it comes to NIL, I actually think there could be a possibility. That's why chance left, not necessarily win. Ooh. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, so, yeah, so so spinning on that, keeping that going, loving the direction we're going here. And you're going to be seeing that with the age of the transfer portal and NIL. And this isn't going to be and, and what what I'm about to say here is a hundred percent a theory. It is an example of what could happen. It may have happened, it may have been a zero factor at all. And this could also happen in the future with current athletes everywhere. But what you're going to start seeing happening is you're going to see guys who are going to be touting up to their collectives. And saying, hey, I'm a ex one, two, three year starter. I'm about to be a rising senior. And I think I've got more value on this team into this program and just my name around here. And I want to renegotiate my collective contract. I think I get more money than what I've been getting now. I've been I've been living on these crumbs, but it's time to pay the piper. And maybe those officers saying, hey, you know what? Like that money is, you know, that that money's going to, to new new legs, new legs coming in here. We're, we're looking at other folks here and you can't have that big share of the pie you want because it's got to go to the whole team. And you're sitting there as a player, you're thinking, well, I've, I've earned my stripes here. And you're going to do me like that because y'all trying to get the new shiny guy out of the transfer portal. And then on the flip side of that, too, you kind of go back to that conversation with the coaches and it being like, Hey, I'm the, you know, what's my role going to look like next year? I, you know, I'm, I'm expecting this role, this many minutes, whatever. And the coach is saying like, Hey, same deal. Look, new shiny toy in the transfer portal. That's where we're really going to be seeing. And you're going to have to beat that guy out. And you're sitting there thinking like, man, I've, I've given my all for you for all this time. And you're going to do me like that. I have no idea if that happened with Wendell, any combination of those sort of things. I'm just saying this is a potential theory that him and other guys may experience presently or in the future which is the new business type landscape that college sports is becoming it's becoming more like the pros where the loyalty aspect of college is not what it was when us 
and our parents are growing up. Like that aspect's done. And that is just going to be, and it sucks. I mean, that was one of the like like the the pride aspect of college sports is what made college sports so great for a long time. But it's just the money and things change and we gotta learn to love it, how it's turning into be. And that is that's a factor. I mean, Mike, Brandy, what do y'all think? Like, do we think that something like that could be a real deal factor in these type of situations, especially for guys that may have underachieved a little bit like in the grand scheme of things yeah i mean listen if you money is going to be a part of this discussion no matter what right like i mean it's something we just have to deal with uh in terms of you know whether a player stays or goes you know money might help keep the player um at auburn ultimately uh there's two sides to this coin um number one you want a player to stay he wants to go pro he's borderline right like he's could be drafted high but maybe is not and he's just not sure but you know if there's enough money there he stays in college for another year to maybe shore up his draft position on the other hand um there are kids who are going to be like role players and they're going to be there for money, but maybe they're not as good as the team would want them to be. And they're bringing in other guys. And, you know, their guys are going to be processed as well, trying to stick around for NIL, but they're going to get processed. And I can't shake this feeling that Wendell Green got processed a little bit there because this roster has to improve. And, and they may have not seen enough improvement year over year from him to say, hey, you're guaranteed a spot. But uh, is 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 Albert still dealing with roster restrictions from that whole? No, that's uh, is that done? That is, that's done. Yeah. Okay. They, right. They did there two yeah. years. I will say, like, I there are guys that have not announced that they're transferring or going to the draft or anything like that that are on the team right now that I would think would get processed before an SEC player of the year. But there's a lot of chatter that Bruce Bruce. Bruce always likes to keep that open scholarship. So, right. And that, I think that's one of the frustrating things. And it's so different than like how people want it to be because like the average fan looks at rosters like, well, you trim the fat first. The guys who have the worst numbers, those are the ones you get out. And there's just so much more to it than that. Like, you just mm-hmm. don't be like, hey, you know what? Stretch, you're playing, you're at, you average 90 seconds a game for the whole season. Like, you're out of here. And you just work your way up and just boot guys like that. Like, there's so much more to it than that. And I think that confuses people and frustrates people because they don't always see the big picture. They don't see the scout team aspects. They don't see behind the scenes. They don't see the how you got to manage that roster and what promises you're giving out to people. And, you know, if you get a guy and they're young and they're stuck on the team, you don't want to promise them in to process them out later. Cause, like, another thing people don't think about is like, you get a reputation. Like, if you're a coach and you deliver all these promises out there, and you recruit guys in, and you can't give them the minutes, and you do that on and off and on and off. Like people, like that, that's going to get out there. Like these these communities, especially basketball, these AAU teams and all these other things, like this tight knit communities. And you don't want that reputation. It's like, hey man, that guy's gonna that guy's gonna promise you the moon and and deliver you a, a bucket of sand. Well, I only think that matters though if you don't win. I think that winning coaches can promise whatever they want, right? Because ultimately, the guys who are but, on the court, but if you're not. But if you're an elite talent, if you're an elite player, and a coach has promised you all this other stuff, and he, and and then, then he, you should he win. Lo- then you should well, be yeah, on but, the court. But what if you're pro- hey, you promised thirty minutes a game, and you you're only getting twelve? 
Well, I don't think any. I don't. I don't think any elite coach is really making that sort of promise. What all they're promising you is a chance to compete, right? And you have to earn that. That's got to be earned. I don't think you know an elite coach is saying you're guaranteed this. Now, now they may say, hey, if you meet the potential, if you are what we think you are, then it should be guaranteed. It should be a lot. Right. When they brought Jabari Smith in, they're thinking, hey, son, listen, if you're as good as we think you are, you're going to start. Right. And he was. So he did. But if you're not, then it's not a guarantee because you still have to play the best players. So I don't I don't know that any coach is is saying to a player, you're absolutely going to start unless he's sure that that guy is going to pan out. But there's always a caveat that you don't hold up your end of the bargain. Right, I mean, a player has to know that all these guys have egos, memes, so they all think I mean, it's not, the best things in sliced not, bread. Yeah, but it's not even about like I mean minutes. I mean that's one example, but I mean it could be the the aspect of like, all right, it's just going to be you and player A at the one, and then you bring in like two other guys to play that position. Like, what the heck? You told me, you told me this is how the roster is going to look, and all of a sudden you did this, and like just little. I mean, all sorts of different slights that can that can happen like that. Brandy, jump in uh, here. Exactly. <laughs> what, what, I'm what just is saying this, this roster management thing, right? Like, you know, yeah, and, and mind you, we're talking we're talking about a sport where guys can last one year and be gone as yeah, well, too. I, you know, I think um gosh, it's so hard with at the one and the type of basketball that Bruce runs too, but uh, I don't know. For me, like I, one, I don't think he got processed necessarily, but I think I lean more towards that. You know, he was saying, I don't know what your role is going to look like. And I think when it comes to recruiting and promises, like I think players should understand that nothing is guaranteed at all. Whenever they're right. coming in, except for whatever, like obviously like money when it comes to NIL, when a contract is signed and whatever else, you know, is essentially like non-tangible stuff, potentially. I don't, but like, minutes and starting positions and all of that. Like if a coach is promising that to a player, like if I'm a player, I'm, it should already be going off. Okay. You can't hey, promise me that. You don't, yeah, know what your, right. you don't know what your roster is going to look like, but also as a player, understand like when you're going into these kind of recruiting visits and stuff, like I, I, I'm maybe under them understanding what the roster might look like would kind of tell them whether they're going to start or not. Like they're, they're not right. dumb. They know what their peers look like. And, how they play too. So yeah, I mean, like you said, like, it doesn't matter if you're winning, if a coach, you know, if you win a national championship and you told the guy that's sitting on the bench that he was going to be a starter every game, but you just won a national championship. You don't care what the guy on the, on the bench, like that. He's a or not because he wasn't good. He was, if he was good enough, he would have been out there playing. And you still want to so, Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's like, obviously if you're, if you're winning, none of that stuff matters when it comes to recruiting. And, and as for like the reputation, like these guys don't necessarily talk to each other about the coaches per se, like Wendell's not out there like messaging an Alabama player being like, Oh my God, Bruce did this to me. You know what I'm saying? Or not out there messaging like some other high school recruit potentially, unless it's a family member. Right. But they, so, they do put stories out on social media potentially, or they, 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 you know, to me, they, yeah. And they just want a reaction from people. Like right. they're just like us. Like we post our own lives on our own social media and they're doing the same thing. So, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I think this is my theory with all of this is that 
I think Bruce had a really open, honest conversation with everybody on the team and essentially said, I don't know what this team is going to look like next year, but we aren't where I wanted to be this year. And I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen again. And I think there could have possibly been one or two guarantees that were given in terms okay, of. Well, they, they didn't like the, they didn't like the, when Bruce said at the post game after Houston of like, I'm recruiting tonight. That was yeah. a comment that I don't think sat yeah. too well. He also but said, like, what, but what he also guys, said, what do these guys expect though? Because I mean, he, literally like, you have guys graduating, people are leaving. You think he's just not going to recruit anybody? And we're still going to not, we're still going to have a second round exit in the tournament and not win the SEC. Or not uh, guys, he also said, I want these guys to be proud of what they accomplished, but I have really high standards. And exactly. I, I thought he was kind of, ooh, man, like, I mean, that was a rough statement. Um, uh, Truth hurts sometimes. Yeah, man. And it was like, ooh, like, you know, uh, right, you made the tournament. You want them to be proud, but at the end of the day, they didn't. He's kind of putting it back on them, saying you guys didn't play well enough. And here's the other advanced. And here's the other factor with this too. And I don't know if it's when is it this guy's it that guy. And like I said, I'm not. This is there's no specific speculation here. This is just a broad topic of if there were certain guy or guys on this team that messed up the team chemistry as a whole. Yeah. That could also change the complete dynamic of, and maybe there was a guy who said, your talent is not the issue. Maybe it's your attitude. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And that is a reason why we are looking to move in this direction. Yeah. Or, Wendell hey, this like, part of you has got to get better. Wendell seemed like he was and pretty I'm not, well liked by his teammates. And, yeah, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying, I'm not mentioning Wendell specifically. I said this is just a, a broad term for when you see a player leave suddenly, like, is can that be a factor? Like we don't always know what's, what's going on behind the scenes with the coaches, with the players, and then the dynamic between the players as a whole. And I mean, this, this obviously but, could apply to every sport. In this particular case, his dad commenting LOL on Bruce Pearl's post is gives the indication that there was something there that Wendell was unhappy with. Right. So, right. And that, and that, the fact that he didn't that mention happened, the fans or Bruce by name. Correct. He didn't mention Bruce Pearl. He didn't say, I want to thank Coach Bruce Pearl and his staff. He just said, my coaches. And uh, mm-hmm. I, the wording, we could be reading way too deep into this. But, you know, again, I don't, if his dad doesn't comment on Bruce's post, I don't even think we're talking about this tonight. Right? No. Like, <laughs> we are. The feedback from the fans was, I would say, overwhelmingly positive compared to some of the stuff that we saw throughout the season. So his dad commenting that, Almost immediately after that happened, some, or sorry, the next morning, because I think he did it late at night, somebody put this on a message it was, it was board. It like 2 a.m. Yeah, so somebody the next morning put this on a message board. Now, And this is all speculation and not confirmed, but this is still relevant to the conversation because Wendell tweeted again later on, like himself tweeted, not his dad. Somebody put on a message board. Now that it's official, he's gone. I'd like to expound on why he's moving. Guy has been the worst teammate on this team this season he struggled with his attitude got worse always felt like he could do more when he was doing less players on the team grew to not be a fan of when he is a player that's highly confident in his abilities too confident for the skill he possessed reasons for his up and down this season he had games he flat out didn't give a flying f so that was some random person on a message board that put that on there Wendell's mom saw that and replied to it 
And I want to make it very clear. She was not out there on a message board looking up his name, searching or anything like that. Do we know if it's Wendell's mom? If you go to her prof, if you go to the profile on this message board, they joined that day. So mm. Wendell's mom said, very interesting and disappointing to see this commentary when he is one of the players that led the team and gave a hundred on the court, hence all SEC. Did he have bad games? Yes, but who doesn't? But this kid has given his heart and soul to Auburn. So what you see on the bench of, is him being hard on himself, not swearing at coaches or any of that. As a mother, yes, Wynn's mother. It is deplorable to see this commentary, especially when I know my son's heart and character. So whoever you are, it amazes me as the entire coaching staff has expressed their love for Wynn. And if you're one of the players or coaches, then I guess you repeatedly lied to me in my face or what is the angle here? The reality is when I see my son, even in the last game, working on uplifting Broom, who is simply having a bad game, to help him get out of his head, he carries and worries about every teammate. I've seen it. I get the cause of worry about other players, including himself and how they are feeling. Furthermore, it's also disgusting to see the comments when this kid loves Auburn and we had to convince him to move on as he didn't want to let fans down, but he deserves this next step in life. What is wrong with you? It simply breaks my heart. I will continue to tell him God has him. Not sure where all the hate's coming from, but shame on you for your lies. I'll not allow you to lie on my son. We as a family will forever be grateful to Auburn and the truth, Wendell's mom. So but, Memes is right. We don't know if this is his mom for sure. It, it, sound, it sounds like something a mother would say. Like, it sounds I'm, exactly like it's an emotional response. It sounds like something a mother would say, protecting her son. It's very, it's very measured, too. I, I didn't hear it. She didn't say anything crazy. She I, said, I, I agree. And then Wendell on Twitter after that actually kind of, I would say it's, it was probably a couple of, an hour or so after tweeted out that, oh, he deleted it. Huh. Oh my gosh, she deleted his tweet. Okay, well, it was something along the lines of like, like I don't care about y'all being basketball critics, like have that being I a basketball it. critic, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. be like a, a character critic. Yeah, yeah. Or, right. Or like, right, I saw yeah, it. He's, Essentially, it was like, don't speak on my character um, in but, so many but, words. Uh, but so, listen, listen to this, though. Here's Here's my thing. Because what people don't get, and this is what I saw uh, the kid from um, uh, Hunter Salas, the kid from Gonzaga that's jumping in the portal, the former five star. His yeah, mom was on Twitter. About it. Yeah, his, his mom was on Twitter saying, uh, These comments are disappointing. And I'm like, Listen, man, when I searched it, the majority of the comments about his transfer were positive and supportive, right? It's always the vocal minority on Twitter that screams the loudest. And man, when we started the war report, guys, there could be there would be a hundred straight comments of people just saying, I love what you guys do. And the one dude is like, my G is a racist. That's the guy that would get to me. That's the thing that that I would hear the loudest when we first started this. And I learned to tune that out because they're I mean, literally, my Twitter has said that I don't even see what some of these dumb dumbs tweet at me most of the time. Anyway, they're tweeting at air <laughs> most of the time. So I wish that the parents would understand from a fan perspective that the large majority of fans are measured, reasonable, and supportive. They are. I think that's a fact. What you hear are, you hear the same dum-dums over and over again on Twitter. They tweet the most, right? Because most people who are supportive, they're not even saying anything, man. They're just thinking, we support Auburn, so... You know, I don't think feel like I need to blast that I support Auburn, right? The critical people feel like everybody needs to know what their critique is, so they 
are the loudest ones on social media. So if you know, you know, my message to Wendell Green, he's probably not ever going to listen to this. But you know, if somebody posts this on a message board, I hate message boards. By the way, I think message board culture is ruining fandom. <laughs> but like, um, if he, you're hearing this, Auburn. You know, you gave his heart and soul to Auburn, man. He did. Mm -hmm. And it didn't work out, you know, like, you know, fans love players who perform at a high level and win the most. But at the end of the day, um, you know, a majority of fans appreciate what his contribution was during his time here. And they understand that he was not, it wasn't all on him, right? They put together a roster that was flawed from top to bottom, the roster was flawed from top to bottom. And they could not get past the second round with Jabari and Walker Kessler, who are killing it at the next level right now. So don't tell me Whittle Green was like even a majority of the issue. He wasn't. Right? I, I, think, think, yeah, but- I think that's a good point bringing that team up because I think towards the end of last season, you kind of saw the guard play between KD but and Wendell. See, that was the critique is everybody hated the guard play last year. Yeah, so I think I think some transgressions from how that season ended because we were number one in the country. We did have two two amazing players who both went to the NBA draft lottery, and we still only got to the second round. And so I think there was probably some kind of obviously that's an incredible feat for Auburn basketball given its history. Right. And so fans obviously need to be humbled a little bit too. But I think there was some transgressions probably taken over from last season when it comes to their guard play at the end of the year. So I, I don't know if maybe it has to do with that too. Jabari didn't have his best game against, you know, Miami. He didn't. Like, yeah. I would argue, you know, for a guy who was supposed to be the best player on the team, he didn't show up in that game. Now, does that mean he's bad? No. Does that mean fans don't support him? No. Right? But let's be right. clear. There were flaws. There are flaws that were not Wendell Green related, I guess, is my point. And, um, no, I agree. You yeah. know, it, it just it just feels to me like a lot of times the parents, they read these things, this, this thing that this guy wrote. And first of all, here's here's one thing I hate. I'm going to go a little bit of a rant about this for a second. I hate the the, the anonymity of social media sometimes, right? I, I got to a point where I'm like, listen, man, if you don't show your face, there is like a less than 50% chance that I will even res- acknowledge your presence. You know, uh, and and the reason is, is is because people hide behind avatars and they hide behind NFTs and and whatever to say whatever say things that they would not say in real life if they had to put their face and their name behind it. So say it with your chest or don't say it at all. That's how <laughs> I feel. So this person is getting on a message board that, that thing that you read, Brandy, and they're saying you're anonymously giving some account of something with no credit. There's no credibility behind it. There's no way for us to verify what you're saying. It's just a rumor that if it confirms somebody's bias in their head, they're going to run with it and then start spreading around like it's wildfire until nobody knows where it came from. And it, you know nobody's going to know it came from some anonymous message board poster on. On the on the corner or the lobby or whatever the hell that's that that cesspool is. Right? You know, and yes, I mean all, all of them are cesspools. So I'm not picking on just that one, but look, you know, there's just a lot of foolishness that goes on on these boards. And I wish parents would just stay off of it. Right. I I do. You 
it is better. Yeah, I think it. I think it kind of escalated because people took screenshots of it and were posting yeah. it on Twitter and taking it as truth. And you just there are some things you just. I believe you don't she know, created. You don't, nobody was in that locker room, but the guys that were in that locker right. room. And so, for anybody else to speak on it, it's obviously a secondhand account and not a firsthand account. And we don't even know if it's true to begin with. If a so, player comes out, Brandy, and says it, or gives us some indication, sure. Right. right, but I, but anonymous guy, anonymous AU guy on 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 <laughs> on, on three, like I'm sorry, man. It's just and I obviously get... given, and given Wendell's tweet there, I mean, I think that's where he kind of draws the lines. Like, look, if you're going to hate on my basketball game, like play, that's fine. But that that post was definitely more of an attack on, as he in his words, his character with. Zero validation with no idea who that person is, who they heard that from, if they totally made it up, or maybe it is almost nearly all true. Like we generally don't know. And some people will just take that stuff. And as Mike said, hey, that kind of fits the narrative I want to I want to hear. Cause his dad went out and he tweeted LOL at Bruce right. and like, oh man, they're you know, they're all a bunch of assholes. And that post helps me like validate that feeling of emotion I've got. And yeah, there we go. And that's just that's not right to do, even without it's the still- full context. And I'm tweeting about this. Like it's simple. Just like here's the thing about it: if you hate when he's leaving, if you hated his play, whatever it may be, you're frustrated by him. He's gone. You should be happy. If you loved when he's living his dream and he's pursuing his thing, and you should be happy for him for that. Like it should be real simple here. Like everybody wins in this type of situation. Like, yeah, maybe you did want him to come back, but hey, don't knock the guy for going out there to chase his bag. Like, be happy for his time in Auburn. And like I said, if you didn't like him, he's he's gone. Like, why do you still feel the need to, like, kick, like, talk about it, kicking money's down? And that that's just my whole confusion. Whatever happened between him, the team, the coaches, and every other player in the coaches in that team chemistry, in and out of the locker room, it doesn't matter. It's not our business. We're not hired by the university and the athletic department to do that kind of stuff. Like that, that's, that is what, and if you donate money, that's not your business. Either. Like you, that is what that staff's job is to do. And you trust them to do that and handle it. And honestly, like if you get fired from a job, are you supposed to go out there and let everybody know your business? Like, no, that's between you and the bosses. And a few things can be true here. I'm, I'm on my rant here. Let me keep rolling with this. Okay. <laughs> like maybe he did, maybe there was something that was said between him and the coaching staff and Bruce or whoever that like maybe it just didn't jive right and him it frustrated him and his family and maybe that's the root of that post and but also too like that doesn't mean that Bruce isn't proud and supportive it was just hey right this is X and you felt Y or whatever the scenario is mm. And that happens like that happens in like because people like think sports is so like it, it's like a job. Like imagine you have a conversation with your boss, your boss respects you, you respect your boss, but you don't necessarily like how that conversation goes, and you decide to move on. Right. And I was on right. the fence anyway, but this didn't exactly go. I totally could have stayed, but I think I'm gonna move on. I and did it, I did it last June. <laughs> yeah, it's probably right, tough. Right. It's probably tough in the moment, but it doesn't mean it's this whole like yeah, you know, it's it, it's not as heavy as people are making it out to be, and like wanting it to be almost like ho- they're hoping there's some type of drama and this that or another, and like just as as Mikey, the word used is attrition, and is always going to be in sports, right? Especially college sports, especially now with what they're doing, and 
Like I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and say like if Wendell was or wasn't a bad teammate. That that's not my business. I'm not I'm not on that right. team. That's, that's only for member. his that's a, that's only for his teammates to speak over. Right. I would yeah, even but, say that the coaches should not. It's not even for a coach. I don't even hear from a coach on this. Right. That's only for his teammates to speak on at a later date. So yeah, only and, history and I, will tell us if he was a bad teammate or not. And I'm a, I'm appreciative of his time, and I, I hope that Auburn will remember him in a, in a, a positive light. Not you know, it's, it's so hard to know how that'll look, and I, I would hate for it not to. And that's just kind of like the crappy part about this is like that. That's that's what I think isn't fair, especially if this dude like genuinely like really does love Auburn as much as his supposed mother says. You know, it's just it, it stinks to go out like that, and he he deserves better well, than that. Well, I'll tell you what. The what we know thing, so far, the only thing that that kind of bites at her. Wendell loves Auburn and gave it all for Auburn. Is you didn't thank Auburn in your. He, I think he, he did thank Auburn. He didn't thank the fans. Well, well, I mean, but that's but that is Auburn, right? Like, let's be clear, right? I mean, you didn't name your coach specifically. You kind of said, "I want to thank my teammates," uh, but you didn't say, "Like, listen, man, Neville Arena was one of the greatest, if not the greatest, home court advantages in the country." And that's because of the fans. You played, and, 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 and this is what I think a lot of players have to accept, is that the passions of the fans are what make a fan base great. It's what makes Neville Arena a good home court advantage. It's because they care. But what comes with that is some of these negative, off-the-wall opinions. You can't have one without the other. You can't. It's not going to be wholly positive. right? It's kind of like when you get famous, you kind of accept that there's a negative attention that you're going to have come to you guys just just in the little bit of like local fame that, that we've gotten from the war report you guys have probably even just noticed some of it from being on this podcast is is that people listen to this right and because it raises the awareness of who you are and what your opinions are you catch more flack on social media for opinions that people don't agree with it just comes with the territory, man. Like when you when you have a social stature that is raised and it is elevated, you're gonna catch this. And, and I like Brandy's point about just growing thicker skin because, man, do you do you realize what Rockets Twitter has been awful to Jabari this season? They've been terrible. Not anymore little... because he's been balling out. But yes, right, they were right, at the they, very but beginning. But they, they were very upset them. and hurt by a meaningless Rising Stars game during the All Star break. Uh-huh. I mean, there were fans out there like that were like, "We never want to see you in a Rockets jersey again because you embarrassed us here." And blah blah yeah. blah. Like, Look, your team is last in the league right now because your coach sucks and your GM sucks because he doesn't know how to build a roster. So right. you're taking it out on a rookie who's one of what, like the eighth youngest guys in the league because your coach can't develop him properly. Well, Jabari so. tweeted, clapped back at that one dude. I, I forget his account. He's, he's even a lot of followers, man. But he he posted something and, and Jabari was just like, y'all will say, y'all will say anything on here. Like, you know, and, and, and it yeah. was, it, I don't think that was a, uh, an example of him not having thick skin. But I guess the point is, is, is that at every level, this comes with it. And now they they're they're they love him because he's putting up crazy numbers. He had a game winner the other night. Uh see, your dog's a big Jabari fan. I knew it. 
And uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> I uh, uh, no, uh, she is always good with me. Uh, she can bark all she wants on this broadcast. Uh, but to me, it is. It just comes with the territory, man. And you can't clap back at everybody. Like most of these people, just ignore ninety eight percent of what they see on social media. That's it. I get it, it was it was now <laughs> this is different because memes this whole thing is clapping back at people so he probably <laughs> like his whole deal is if you say something I'm gonna destroy you with eight straight memes of you know your yeah it's a you know, yeah my, my my game my game on the internet is not not to be replicated different. by most people Fair. out there all right it's different right but even to do that you have to have tough skin my point is is, is that a lot of these no notable people they just don't say anything and if they do clap at you. They'll give you one clap back, and then that's it. You're never going to get a response out of them again. And, um, you know, the parents just have to learn this. I don't like what his dad did. I don't like what his dad did because it took the focus off the statement that already wasn't well-crafted, if you ask me. And then it creates this whole other discussion about what's really happening with Wendell Green, right? Now, listen, he, he fed into this narrative himself when you when you post cryptic things on social media with the deuces and you know you take Auburn out of your profile and you do all these silly games that these athletes do, you help to create a lot of this circus and then people start questioning your character. But you have to stay above the fray, and I think that that is the thing that I would just again my last bit of advice to any of these players is: you can never give up the high road. Never give up the high road. It is not worth it. It is not worth it. It is not worth it. Now, uh, uh, Brandy and I, before we came on here, we're about to rip each other's throats out over Caitlin Clark, right? What, what I will give her credit for is, is, is that she never gave up the high road in all of this. Never gave up the high road. She can't afford to. In her position, she cannot afford to give up the high road. And I don't like, I think that Wendell gave up the high road a couple times down the street. Not just tell the lip. Can I tell the listeners as a bystander for that like fifteen plus minute argument? <laughs> it was absolutely brutal. Be, just pray hey, and just thank no God that Mike did not. not it was not about buttons. the whole taunting thing at all. It was no, like no, it purely about basketball. So oh, y'all don't yeah. don't y'all get going again. Y'all want to? I hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're having a ball. We're, we're talking about the history of women's basketball, but we'll save that for another pod. It's gonna be a long off season, guys. We have time to talk about you know all the ballers that came before Angel Reese. And Caitlin Clark. But anyway, my, my whole point is you got to stay above it. I like that she stayed above the fray. Stay above the fray. Always stay above the fray. Now, if your brand is getting down in the fray, own that. Yep. That's me. That's me. Own that. I'm going to get that. down in the fray. If, right, right, right. Says if that is your brand, <laughs> own that. And I'm okay with that too. Right? Just don't but the complain. Athletes, about, but that's not don't complain about what comes brand. along with that. There are athletes that do that and they own it and they do it really well. I will yeah, say. Yeah, but yeah, like Draymond, but, right, Draymond is like, I'm gonna get down in with you. Oh, right. College That's athlete. what he I'm does. Talking like with, I'm talking like with fans though. Like with like I'm talking like getting down with it, like with like random critics on Twitter who don't know ball. Yeah, they're, they're I mean, hard. what do you mean? Yvonne Quinterly does it all the time with all oh, yeah. yeah, he posted his address. That's what I was about to say. It's like, no, like, no, no college athlete needs to be doing what Javon Quinterly's out there doing, just like tweeting at random fans, like, constantly and just like giving them a platform. Like, no offense, actually, total offense to these guys. Like, Javon Quinterly doesn't need to be giving these guys a platform. 
Like, quit right. responding to them. Like, if you think they're yeah, idiots, I, I you know they're them. idiots. He responded to me, so I cooked them back. Yeah, yeah, you listen. I mean, Brandy, Brandy, Brandy might have cooked them a little bit. You <laughs> had to say like that. But why? <laughs> why as a college athlete are you putting yourself in a position to get cooked on the yeah. internet by a rival yeah. family? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. He would have yeah. never responded. Like, I, yeah. I, he wouldn't have been able to get cooked by me. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. She, he, she put him on the skewer for sure. <laughs> but I guess my point is. It's it's just not it's not ever worth it. And whatever point you think you're trying to make, it's just not worth it. And you have more to lose, and people who don't have anything to lose will say anything. So you know, where there are no stakes, when one side doesn't have any stakes, it's never worth it. And I think that the parents need to understand that. I think the athletes need to understand that. I think coaches already understand it to some extent. So you know, most coaches with any sense understand this by by now. Um, you know, when Auburn hired Hugh Freeze. You know, I think he gets this, right? Like, man, he came in damaged goods, to say the least, right? What does he what does he gain from responding to anybody on social media about anything that's posted to him about him? Nothing. Mike, Quiet, another man. example. Sure. Another example on the basketball front. I, I think a fair comparison here, because they came in at the same time, they kind of had the same same parallel performance maybe regression would be like Zeb. Same class, unknown expectations, playing the one. Obviously, Zeb got moved to the two this past season, uh-huh. but definitely had a better year last year and had their fair inconsistencies this year and also faced a fair amount of criticism, fair and unfair from fans. Right, right, right. They were both, so. they were both, they were, because in, in a lot of cases, they were both easy targets. Now, does Wendell probably get a little bit more flack? Yeah, but Zeb got plenty. But also, Zep is sailing off in the sunsets with rose and petals flying through the air. And I think just a lot of it has to do with the fact that, like, Zep, no no one from Zep's family was chirping. Like, there was no cryptic he res- peace signs he and things responded, like that. He responded a little to people saying about his whole thing about um, rooting for Alabama. Like, which, guys, I'm going to go on record here. I didn't touch it on social media, but I will touch it here on the podcast. That was that was stupid. It was a dumb thing to say, and you know, hiding behind the whole nice guy thing is not a excuse for not understanding what this rivalry is and why. When you make a statement like that, it's going to inflame the passions of the fans because you know we, we're like, li- listen, bro. When you go out and you lose to Alabama. Most of us got to get up and we got to go to work the next day and deal with Alabama fans. We don't want to hear you say, I'm rooting for them to win. We don't hear that. We hope they lose every game they play from now until eternity. Period. That's it. Unless that win somehow helps Auburn in some ways, and then we still kind of hope they lose. Like, can they lose? Can they lose somehow? Right. It, it, it was just a dumb statement. And, you know, there were people who jumped to his defense and said, you guys just have to understand, uh, um, you know, Zep, that's just who he is. Yeah. OK, great. But it's stupid. And he's going to get blasted on social media for saying that 100 you know, percent. As of the we time. said, and as we said, there's a lot of different ways that you could have gotten that exact same message across. Yeah. And just maybe Listen, like I- treaded lightly on the wording to like. Hey, you know, I'm a nice guy. I'm gonna support my conference. You know, I respect their players. But when it's 
Yeah, I mean, there was a little, there's maybe a little too much I mean, gas on that. And you got to understand, I mean, like, you know, what uniform you're wearing there. The only correct response to that, to, you know, hey, how do you feel about Alabama this tournament? Are you rooting for them? I'm aware that Alabama has a basketball team, but we have a game to play on focused on that. <laughs> they need to handle their business. We're going to handle ours. Thank you for that question. I mean, that was such a, like, and now I, I have, I have all kinds of feelings about this because I have feelings about beat writers and reporters asking stupid questions as well, too. And sometimes when you ask a stupid question, you get a dumb response, right? And I felt like that was a stupid question. I felt like it was a well, stupid question. Yeah, and let's let's be real. Like speaking of stupid questions, uh, throwing it back to, and this is still just like just nightmares of how awful this initial press conference was. But that Christmas Eve press conference with Brian Harson, the first question and many subsequent questions were either about Nick Saban or Alabama, right? It was just like. Why, why are we at, and I don't know if you freeze got any, and it's just like, why are we asking an Auburn coach who's a new coach in their initial press conference, like so much stuff. About, and and uh, the irony is it was all these AL.com guys who just, well, you know, because get, he was, their rocks he, was off. he was the Boise guy, right? Like, okay, coach, coach Idaho potato, right. is coming in and they want to see if he understands the seriousness of the rivalry so they're asking him about all this stuff like listen man unless you live under a rock everybody knows what coach Saban is everybody understands too that Auburn that is Auburn's last game every season so you know that that game is coming and there's no way you get hired at Auburn and you don't understand that you got to beat Alabama and you have to find yeah, a way I to just, beat Alabama, right? So I, asking just, the question is dumb. It, 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 I, I'm with you, man. I just it's there, like there's why? times where non. It, it seems like anytime you get non Auburn beat guys getting questions in the media, I would I would almost be firm pressed to say that most of those somehow bring up Alabama in some form or fashion. For sure, and, and it's not it's not guys. I want to I want to reiterate this. It's not guys that are covering Auburn. Okay, but it's just like. And they get and they get these guys in situations like you know the Zep deal. Like why, why do we care? Why why is Zep getting asked about Alabama? Like, yeah, why yeah, is no Auburn beat. Yeah, no Auburn beat writers asking Zep Jasper that. Right? It's some right some like dumb dumb from a TV station that never talks to players or and, and whatever. Zep, Zep answered the question how he thought. You know, right or wrong? But it's like the fundamental deal here is like why is a professional media person even asking this question? And it's because. Hey, I cover Alabama. I like covering Alabama more than Auburn, and I'm going to make this about the team that I, you know, exactly 100. You know, you know, right? It's it's you know in, in parentheses here, you know, un, unbiased. And it is hilarious the amount of you know the amount of folks out there that like call themselves unbiased and and do stuff like that. Like you wouldn't dare yeah. go there ask Nate Oates anything about Auburn, but you come in the Auburn Auburn locker room, and then you know Alabama this, Alabama that, and it's like that's there's. That that's not what unbiased is, but anyway, well, we got, you know, like I said, the, we got plenty of time in the offseason ranch about that. Uh, yeah, listen, the, 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 I the, do want to say one thing on like the whole Wendell thing too. Before we cap this all off, though, fans, like maybe let's be a little bit nicer when it comes to the character aspect of things. Honestly, like clown people for their on the court stuff all you want. Even Wendell said that himself. Like you can do that, but when it comes to like kind of being like, oh, this person isn't a hard worker. This person was a cancer in the locker room when, when none of us actually know that. Like, maybe just that. shut up. Like, maybe well, shut there, up and, and and clown him for something that he doesn't care. Like, he's getting clowned for, like, stuff on the court. Well, here, here, I think there's a fine line between the I, two. I, I'll, say, I'll say it differently than you. Stop telling lies on social media about things you can't possibly know. 
There you go. Great Period. way to say it. <laughs> Stop telling lies on social media about things that you can't possibly know. Because you know what? The people who are actually in the know, hint, hint, <clears throat> me, right? You can't repeat most of the things that you know. You can't, right? Because the people who tell you those things will never tell you anything again after it gets out. <laughs> 100% of the time. So, you know, we come on here and we're talking and I talk to you guys. So you guys know some things that I know. But you also know there are some things I would never say public. Ever. Number one, because you cannot, unless you're going to get somebody to go on the record. And when you said number one, I thought you were about to say a thing you wouldn't say public because oh, we got Mike cooking. Uh, yeah, right. Sorry. Well, you can't. You're never going to be able to get unless you're going to have somebody go publicly go on the record to uh, uh, verify the veracity of your claim. There's no point in saying it. As far as the, it's, uh, the people listening are concerned, it's just like every other message board rumor. Now, people understand generally that we talked to people, which is why it makes it even more dangerous for me to say those things, because they know it's coming from somewhere. If I say it, if I say it, it's coming from somewhere. And if it's my opinion, I make it clear that it's my opinion. Otherwise, I'm just not saying it. That's it. When I, when I ask, hey, is it okay for me to say this? Nine times out of ten, the answer is no, if it's information worth anything. So there's nobody that is going to tell me about a player being a bad teammate that would actually know that's going to go on the record and say, Yes, I told Mike G that. So I'm not repeating it. That's why I would question anybody who gets on social media and repeats stuff like that. Because there are only a few people who would actually know. And even then, yeah. guys, that's highly subjective as well, too. That's somebody else's opinion about what kind of teammate he was. Yeah, and people people just cl- they they crave the clout so much. And you never... like. You never know. Maybe, maybe somebody's, maybe somebody's cousin was the janitor at the arena and overheard Wendell and so and so getting in a fight, and they're like, "Oh man, this guy's a cancer to the team." And it was just like one little heated moment. He's going telling his cousin who told this guy who told this guy was tweeting. It's like, "Oh man, Wendell's always yelling at you know his teammates and coaches after the game." When it was like overheard part of a conversation in a hallway with zero context, but just through the game of telephone, it blew up to this thing. And like, that's how this crap can get started is it's just, it literally, there's a reason I remember the first time I played the game of telephone in kindergarten and I was amazed. And it was like you on one room in the saw on, on one room, you start, somebody starts with applesauce and by the end of it, it gets to George Washington's wooden teeth. And you're like, how, how did we, how did, how did that happen? And then you find out when you talk to everybody else, it was you 10 other words that were said. And that's the exact same thing with this kind of stuff. As, as Mike said, like, and as Brandon was saying about the tweets and whatnot, if there's no way to validate it, like, we don't know what, why, the context, the full this, the full that, and people get assuming things, they run with things that they like to hear, and they think it makes sense. And you know, some of these people can make up some pretty good elaborate things, and we've seen it time and time again with the rumor mill at Auburn. And... You know, it's just like I said, it's a lot of a lot of it's just clout chasing. People like the attention of feeling like everybody wants to be the insider because everybody wants right. to give the insider. It is the best as far as like college fandom being the being the faux insider is the best 15 minutes of fame that you can get. 
Yeah, well, again, it's it's no fun if nobody knows, right, that you're an insider. And I think that that is part of what a lot of people struggle with is, is that, you, like you said, Beams, you can't get clout for what you know if nobody else knows that you know it. Right. And, and, if, you're, so, and if you're getting clout for what you know and you actually know things, people aren't going to continue letting you know things. Yeah, it's, it's uh, <laughs> right. There's just a way to go that about ends it. real quick. Yeah, so I would question, I mean, we're saying all this to say, if you're reading that post that Brandy read to us, I would just question so much about where that came from and the motivations that p- person has for sharing something like that. Now, again, message boards provide another layer of security for people who want who want to share lies anonymously. But let's be clear, a lot of them are lies or things that they heard like literally sixth hand. Uh, but if it's their bias, so they take it as true and they pass it on as the gospel. And it's it's unfair and it gets these things started. And by the time it makes it to Twitter and Wendell's dad reads it, or somebody else's mom reads it. No, nobody knows where that came from, where it originated They're from, the- and that they shouldn't even give it any air. Don't give that any oxygen at all. Oh, during the right? uh, during the Brian Harson stuff last year, and there are people DMing me telling me that their their sister was the the Harson's yeah. housemaid, oh, and they had they had all the they had all the tea. <laughs> And I'm over here just like, like that's not like what are we talking about? I'm like, and then I'm over here like, where do you just get these like crazy like, oh yes, you know my brother's got this like car detailing business, right? And he he'd go over there and he'd be you know scrubbing his tires and hear him on the phone because the window to the office was open and right. you know he was downwind. It was just like all this crazy stuff. And the dog got out and he was it was like <laughs> what what is like how how are we even getting here? And I, like none of this shit's true and like. I mean, it's crazy the stuff Nuts. that people will do and continue to do. And I'm like, you know, part of me is like, do you believe this? Or are, are you just doing it for the straight? Or are you doing it for the attention? Me- meanwhile, and- the investigators had Harson's phone for 48 hours. And they found nothing. Well, they didn't talk to his uh, his his um, housemaid who was in my DMs. <laughs> right. But somehow, these <laughs> random people that's, 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 on the a- board... Know something about Harson's mistress. I mean, guys, um, you know, listen, we've run over our time. I've got to get to my mistress. But we'll be back next Thursday. Yeah, Mike. Uh, to, oh. talk about, uh, to talk about A-Day. So we we're going to talk a little bit. We we're going to preview A-Day a little bit tonight, but we ran out of time here. We're, we're, we're just hitting the hour mark. Uh, can, we, but, can we tease you know, what it was going to be about? Does A-Day, does A-Day format suck? Uh, yeah. And should, you know, Hugh Freeze bounced out there that he would like to scrimmage another school on A-Day. Listen, guys, we're going to come back next week with a lot of facts around this particular subject and what we want to and do. And we'll all be there at A-Day to see if, hey, is this boring or not? Yeah, right? Uh, Hugh Freeze <laughs> did a terrible job selling the fans why to show up <laughs> on Monday. But, but, and it's supposed to be a good reason for what he, what, what he thinks should happen, though. So, right, or maybe right. not a good reason. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll if definitely talk about it next get, Thursday. If it was a scrimmage, there'd be over 50,000 people there. That's all I'm saying. Well, like it's, a, it's real, a real expi- a real expedition. Well, yeah, then that's be, why we need it. We need a dome stadium. Just be tweeting at Cohen. Get the money. 
Okay, memes has had one too many whiskeys. We're going to be back next Thursday, guys, to talk uh, 8A. And uh, spring will officially be over what Auburn has to do, what, what we glean from 8A. Uh, it's going to be a great conversation. I want to thank everybody for joining us uh, this Thursday. Again, back next Thursday. Memes, Brandy, we're signing off. As always, War Eagle. War Eagle.